Good morning, everybody. I'm Troy and I'm an addict. Good morning. I haven't recorded one in a couple days, so I figured it was time. I, uh, the readings this morning inspired a couple quotes in my head, some things that, uh, that have meant a lot to me going through my journey. Um, for those of you who don't know, I celebrated 20 years on December 5th. I ain't stuck a pen in me in over 20 years. Um, one of the th- most important things in my early recovery was listening to bumper stickers, listening to people tell me T-shirts and bumper stickers and what they mean. And then I found myself a couple years in, every time I went to the Amish market, every time I went to the farmer's market, every time I went to Eastern market over here on, on industrial, as I walked through, those hand-painted signs, the Amish signs, started to grab my attention. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those signs that are at every Amish roadside shop that have some, you know, some theoretical life-changing sentence on them. There was one that I saw one day, and I took a picture of it, and it meant a lot to me. I talked to my children about it, and I, they ended up getting it for me. Um, and it says very simply, success is not measured by our paycheck, our car, or our address. Success is measured by how our family and friends talk about us when we leave the room. And it hit me as I read that. It doesn't matter how much money I got. I'm an addict. It doesn't matter how broke I am. I'm an addict. It doesn't matter what I need, because I'm a thief. It doesn't matter what I did, because I have no regrets. That attitude will carry you a long way in active addiction. It'll carry you a long way. You'll make, you'll make enemies. You'll make friends. You'll make business partners. You'll make money. But you will not make a life for yourself. You will make a never-ending pit of despair. Because everywhere you go, somebody does this. Somebody walks away from that situation because you got there. And I know every single time I arrive somewhere, the next person to arrive is me. Once I get there, I invite me along. And who I decide to be at that instant is who I have brought to the party. I heard somebody say no war stories today. That's a big one, man. It's a big one. You guys understand how triggering war stories are to us? Be honest with yourself. Because when somebody's ripping a war story to me, I immediately go to that spot and live that moment again. I have got shit in my past that I am embarrassed about. But I will tell you about it with pride in my voice because I've conquered those demons. I have shit in my past that I wish had never happened. But I'm grateful for those moments because they have made me the man that I am today. They have taught me things that I did not know. The lessons we learn in active addiction are hard, hard, hard lessons. They're never easy. Um, One of the things I love to ask people is, has anybody here ever taken a business ethics course in college? Nobody. Now, I ask another question. That's all one. One. So out of we got one, two. So out of the two people in this room that took a business ethics course in college, how about the rest of us? Do we have any knowledge of business ethics? Do we understand profiteering? Do we understand inventory management? 
So who paid more for their college education, them or us? <laughs> we certainly did. We certainly did. But guess what? Who do you think's better at business? A business owner who has an addiction history will be one of the greatest people you will ever work for. Because they understand on a level that most people don't When you pick up the phone and you call in sick and it sounds like this, hey man, I had a real rough night last night. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on with me. I think I might have to go to the hospital today. I'm probably gonna, I, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna admit myself in the psych ward. Um, I'm, I won't be able to come in today. I'll call you tomorrow. I'll call you later today if I feel better. Click. Is that somebody calling off work or is that a junkie? That's a junkie. We will invent scenarios. We will put ourselves in the worst light possible to anybody to justify our behavior. We will literally shine ugly lights on our face and say, look at me, look at me, look at me. Why can't we do that in recovery? Why can't I walk into a room and say, hey, man, I'm in recovery, and I'm proud of myself. I've been through some shit, and I've done some shit. Is there anything on your mind you want to talk about? Because I'd love to listen. We learn how to listen on a level that most people don't ever learn. Now, when somebody takes a drug and alcohol recovery course in college, they pay a lot of money. Most of them have student debt. Um, most of the people who are normal people that are in this field are in this field because somebody in their family has this disease, because they watch someone die of this disease, because they never want their children to understand this disease. They don't need to have it to care. They don't need to understand it to care. They have a desire to understand because they are sick and tired of seeing people die. And that's my story. I don't have any formal education in drug and alcohol recovery. I got practical life experience. 20 years living out there in the fucking real world doing what I wanted to do every day and not using drugs. And goddamn, I'm proud of myself. When I tell my story to my children and I see them tear up and I see them choose majors in college as a result of what I've done. I don't feel bad for my addiction. I don't feel sad that I did some of the things I did. I feel proud and glorified that I have shown them that my experience, strength, and hope is meaningful enough that I have chosen to use it to change people's lives. My daughters have chosen the same field that I suffer in because they're tired of watching their friends. You think generational stigma around addiction is bad? Generational stigma around your family is worse. Way worse. I can look back and I can think about the things that my father did that showed me he was suffering from addictive behavior and suffering from criminal behavior. He didn't even know it. He wasn't even aware at all. I can look back at my mother and realize how often she did the next right thing just because it's what she did. She didn't have to try. She just did that. How did those two people ever get married? I don't understand. Oh, that's why they're divorced. Now I know. I know that choices were made in both of their lives that led them to each other. 
There was a systemic racism on both sides of the family. There was some real, real confusion about money and finances on both sides of the family. Um, they went through some things together that probably would have broken up most families much sooner. But they did their very best to show me what it was like to never quit. The, uh, the lessons that I learned as a young man watching my parents express love for each other was unhelpful. It was unhelpful. I thought that the way to tell somebody you love them was to yell at them. I thought that the way to show you that I cared was to discipline or to correct you. Correct the way you pronounce the word. Like, that's hateful actions. I'll give you a little secret. My wife told me this not long ago. My wife's a reader. Uh, she she reads constantly. Um, she was talking and she mispronounced something. And I, I didn't laugh when I corrected her, but there was cynicism in my voice when I corrected her pronunciation. And she stopped. She looked me dead in the face and she said, never correct somebody's pronunciation on a word they learned. Wow. Nobody taught her any of those words. She learned those words on her own. I can experience recovery the same way. I can listen and regurgitate all day long. But that saying, don't quit before the miracle happens, the miracle that happens is you gain knowledge. You get an understanding of something that you might not have understood. Who's got opiate drug of choice? Do the alcohol do the alcoholics in the room understand everything that we've been through? Yeah, they do. Because it's not your drug of choice. It's not your drug. It's not alcohol. It's none of that. It's you. It's your behaviors, your activities, and the way you respond to situations. So today I'm asking you to measure your success on one thing, one thing only. How do I respond? To this situation. If I choose to get heated up and mad because I've been subjected to COVID, and don't think for a second that I'm not. I am. I'm furious that I have to come to work every day where there is a possibility that I can take COVID home with my children and my wife. I'm furious about that. However, how I react to that situation dictates this room in its entirety. If I come in pissed off and sit at that desk grumpy, and get mad every time I hit the quarantine section of my headcount, who am I helping in this room? Nobody. Nobody. But by coming in and smiling and showing you guys that I can have a good mood, no matter what the situation is, I assure you that when you get some clean time stacked, you also will have that ability. You will have the ability to restart any second and any day. My goal this morning was to be successful right now. That's all I want. I want to experience success right now. And right now, as I said yesterday, right now, the, the, the two words together, right now, take longer to say than they mean. I can't say now fast enough to indicate what now really is. Because now is over. As I said it, it ended. So I need to be prepared to only measure my successes on right now. I'm not who I was. I'm not what I did. I'm not who I might be, and I'm not what I'm finna do. 
I am who I am right now. I choose to deal with some really, really uncomfortable situations for myself because it puts me in a place where I constantly remember. The reason that joke, why the heroin, what do you call a heroin addict taking shit, a show off? The reason that's funny is because I've been there. Normal people don't even get that joke at all. What do I, I mean, I literally just a flood of race of uh, junkie jokes just happened in my head. <laughs> What's a, why are lawyers and alcoholics the same? Because to succeed, they got to pass a bar. Um, <laughs> there's, there's so many more that I'm not going to waste your time with. Um, so the most important thing I can ask of you today, one, is effectively measure your successes. Simply count them today. If you did something good or you did something, the guys who work in the kitchen, you guys got to ace in the hole. Got ace in the hole. You helped 50 guys, 300 personalities this morning. You gave them their needs. Our goal here as employees is to meet your needs, not your wants. Because if we met your wants, we would all walk you out to the van and give you a ride to the bus stop. Because that's what most of us want. But that's not what we need. So I'm here to make sure you get what you need. If something happens here, makes you uncomfortable, talk about it. If something happens here that makes you feel powerful, talk about it. If something happens here that makes you feel successful in your recovery, for God's sakes, talk about it. Because there's somebody out there who needs to hear your moment of success. Let's say you were sitting here and you were tempted so much that you almost tipped up a bottle of hand sanitizer in this room. How bad would you have felt had you completed that? How much grief would you have gotten from the other 277 personalities in this room? Y'all do that math. How much grief would you have felt from all of those personalities? Because everybody's coming at you. Everybody. I say it all the time. You want an AMA? You want to leave? Leave. Go ahead. But before you do, say goodbye to every single person in this room. If you can get through that, you can leave with a clear conscience. But I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Because there's guys in here that know how important this program is. It ain't fun. It ain't something we signed up for. I didn't sit at my house one day and go, you know what I'm going to do next summer? Rehab. It'll be great. This ain't no summer camp. Some of it sucks. Some of it sucks. I talked about it this morning. You know, Somebody asked me recently, what do I do for fun now that I don't use drugs or alcohol? I've got 20 years of experience with that. You know what it is? I reach in my pocket and I grab my car keys, the car that is registered to me that I pay the insurance on, and I drive it to my house and I put my key in my fucking door and I open my mail and I open my refrigerator and I eat my food. Sound like fun or just sound like life? Being able to live your way is fun as shit. It really is. But you've got to know where the acorns are. If there's anybody who doesn't understand that symbolism, the reason I say that, when I was about 23, 24 years old, I test drove uh, the very first Hayabusa. I went to the Cal dealership, and I was like, I will ride that. And I pulled my M90 up, and I parked it, and I kicked my big old 
Bigfoot kickstand down, and I got on that bike, and I took it out on 83, and I drove as fast as that bike would take me. I was watching the speedometer bounce at 175. So I was probably doing 215, is my guess. And as I was weaving cars, I spotted, I to this day say it was an acre, round rock, don't know. I saw it skip off the front tire. Saw it. And it was so fast, I realized the car in front of me that I saw 20 yards ahead, I'm not going to hit that. The turn, the big arrows that said the turn, I'm not going to hit any of those signs because I see them. But the acorn that's laying in the middle of the lane in an oil spot that I don't see, that's going to take that front tire to lay it down. So the acorns are what we need to watch for. Those little tiny things, those little triggers, those little things that we think, if I just swerve a little bit, I'll get around. Stop your goddamn bike, get off, remove the acorn, and try again. Because there's another guy behind you. And we are leading the way in recovery right now. Anybody who gets admitted today, look at every single one of you as an experienced authority figure in recovery. They may not admit it out loud, but that's what they see when they come in here. When they come in, and who's, who, who remembers they're walking in? I use the word remembers effectively. Who remembers walking in this door on their first day? And looking around, did you think you were in a room full of scholars who had this shit all wrapped up? Or did you think you were in a room full of people that were struggling just like yourself? Or did you have no idea where you had just arrived? Most of us, it's no idea. Most of us, because if we've been to other facilities, this one's real different. Real different. There's some people in here who have a lot of recovery in, in their hearts. And there's a hundred percent of the staff here that wants you better. There's not one of us that sits in the office and cheers when somebody leaves. We cry. We cry both, both leave. We leave with completion. We cry because we're proud. And I mean that on a level you don't even know. Because I've watched you struggle. I watched you come in. I watched you weep. I watched you get stronger. I watched you identify your fears. I watched you open your heart and allow yourself to be afraid of what's out there. And the other reason we have to say goodbye to people is because they choose to. And there's never been anybody who walked out of this building and said, I'm going to be fine in an AMA situation where I felt confident. Ever. Ever. I don't care who you are, how long you've been here, how much time you've got. How many stories you told me outside about how you never want to get high again? I've heard those stories. And I've seen the people come right back in here. Because they couldn't hold it together. Because they didn't take time to trust themselves. And they didn't take time to measure their successes. If we make a mistake, relapse is part of my story, guys. Who's, who's got a relapse in their history? It's part of most of our stories. I know that I don't have any runs left. If I go out and I go on a run again, I'm going to do it. Because I only know how to party till I'm homeless. And the shame, guilt, and embarrassment is going to come. Because I'm never going to leave anybody to see me. Tom McDonald says in one of the, 
the song is called Best Rapper Ever. He says, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Long-term loss or short-term memory is a real thing. He, uh, he says, this is a war. It's sober. Sorry. He said, this is a war that I'll fight forever. You got to be fully prepared every morning when you wake up to run into the dope man, to run into a sale on Bud Light, to run into buy one 30-pack, get one free. You need to be prepared to run into those things because they're going to happen. You're going to make a choice on how you handle that situation. You're going to be the one standing there. And I tell you what, the first time you can turn and walk away from a stack of 30 packs at the fucking register, you're going to feel so good about yourself. You're going to be in the parking lot looking around for somebody to tell. Like anybody in any of these cars, I just fucking walked away for 30. I didn't even get one. I didn't even get one. It's an amazing feeling. Nobody's going to ever understand it but us. But I I promise you that the day you feel that for the first time, you will have identified the fact that you are now truly in recovery. Recovery is not something that happens. It's something you do. Recovery is not something you wish for. It's something you work for. And never, ever try to find the finish line. Because there ain't one. This is a race that you're going to run forever. Sometimes you're going to get a little bit behind the wheel. And sometimes you're going to struggle. And that's when you need to reach out, you know, like the footprints poem. Sometimes there's going, to, there's going to need to be somebody there to carry you. And if you haven't identified your higher power yet, I, I implore you, find it. Find it. The best one I've heard in this room is a dictionary. One of, my, one of the past clients said that the dictionary was his higher power because it had, his, it had its shit together more than he did, and it understood everything. And I thought, damn, that's pretty profound. Um, your higher power is up to you. And when you get comfortable with it, who's comfortable with their higher power right now? Is there a better feeling ever than that? Than to be able to close your eyes and reach for something bigger than yourself and know that if you just ask, they'll help you. My higher power is my dog today because that son of a bitch is happy no matter what. It don't matter what happens. He can literally break his duke ball and be like, I'm good. I'm good. Kick the soccer ball again. Let's do this. Like, he don't care, man. He don't care physical pain, emotional pain. He doesn't even understand it. Um, but the reason I chose him today, I, my, my higher power rotates. I'll be very honest with you guys. I choose a different one a lot because sometimes I need to. Um, sometimes I lose faith in one and I have to move to another. Uh, Anybody who's ever been in the rooms has heard the thing, and I don't care if you pray to a doorknob. Why can a doorknob be my higher power? How is that even possible? Because it has one job, and it successfully does it every time anybody asks it to do it. it you turn it, the door opens. It does what it's supposed to do. So I encourage you guys, find a higher power. Be honest with yourself about your feelings. If you don't subscribe to the higher power that you are finding, keep looking. It may not be the right one. And for those of you who apply to any secular organized religion, you're not wrong. And the guy who subscribes to a different religion also is not wrong. We have the ability to make 
all of the decisions around our higher power with our higher power, about our higher power, for our higher power. And if your higher power today is the lessons of recovery or the 12 steps, keep rolling with that one until you find a good one. If you've got one that you uh, feel solid about that works for you and you're comfortable praying, you're comfortable, then keep going, keep going, because you're going to find even more health, fun, and joy in those things. Um, when you guys got here, did anybody think in their head, man, I can't wait for Sunday so I can go to church? Did you think that when you arrived here? Well, of course, we're hating. Most of us didn't even think about the fact that it was, you know, we can walk off the property for some reason. I'm doing it. I want to do it. But the reality of it is, in here, we start to find ourselves wanting things that we never wanted out there. Don't think that has to do with this facility. That has to do with you, your growth, and your experiences. You will find a desire to get better eventually that will be your driving force. Um, two big questions. One, am I friendly? Am I your fucking friend? Not even a little bit. Because your friends are out there waiting to bag you up. Your friends are out there trying to get you to steal a car with them. Your friends are out there hoping you got a brand new ATM card out of somebody else's wallet. Those are your friends. I'm a loved one. I love you guys. On a level that you may be learning to understand. Because I love you enough to be nasty. I love you enough to say no. I love you enough to help you get what you need. And I love you enough to tell you when what you're doing is wrong. Plenty. I'm supposed to say that when I say it. Hey, I, I know. I know that. I don't doubt that for a minute. You know, to come into work after three days and the first 10 people I walked up to said, how you feeling? Are you okay? Did you, you know, that's not because y'all were worried about getting sick. It's because you were worried about me. Um, you know, I don't think about the fact that when I don't post up, people people wonder where the hell is he? What's he doing? Oh no, oh no. You know, that's my mother's line. That's my mom thinks that. You guys don't have to. Um well, I have eaten up the last ten minutes, so I've almost not saved us enough time to cheer and smoke, which we need. I want you guys to do the three things I ask every single day. And this is something I'm I assure you your higher power wants of you as well. For everything you've got and everything you've lost, I want you to be grateful. For everything that's happened to you, be grateful. For every interaction you have with another person, and I promise you, anybody who's asking you for anything has experienced this. Be kind. You'll get what you want. You will. If you're kind enough to people, your tone doesn't have to stroke the back of their neck. But the words that you say does. You have to actually finish your sentence. And the other half of that is those of us who are listening, you got to hear it all too. Don't stop listening halfway through because you might just hear the setup. You might not get the punchline. So I ask you guys every day and everything you do, please be kind. And when you walk into a place that just feels wrong, like anybody who was in here Sunday morning, when I came in this room Sunday morning, it felt terrible. It felt terrible. It was sour. It was like somebody had opened up a garbage bag, turned it inside out, and waved it in front of a fan. It was terrible. 
And I made it my business to come in and be loved in that room when there was none. And by 10.30, we were all happy again. We had enjoyed some meditation time. We had had some church. Some of them got a chance to do a field trip. And the energy came back around, and it became wonderful because, not because of me, but because I chose to be loved in this room, and then the rest of you followed suit. The rest of you made the same choice. Because when you look in the mirror in the morning, the first thing you see is you. And you get to make a choice right then and there on what kind of day you're going to have. You can look in that mirror and you can be like, God damn, you're ugly. I hate you. You fucking son of a bitch. You're just worthless junkie. And leave the bathroom. What kind of day are you going to have? A worthless junkie day. That's what you're going to have. Or you can look in the mirror and you can be like, God damn, I look good today. Eyebrows are coming in thick. Stop pulling the hair off the back of my fucking head. Got a couple less pick marks. Got a couple less fucking scabs that I've ripped up on my arm. All those things. And if you guys don't think I watch your fucking arms, you're crazy. That's my favorite thing. Because I know how long it took for some of those scars to heal. And I got one left. One. I can show my arms anywhere. And nobody says a damn thing. And I get to watch you guys. I get to watch your thighs and your calves and your forearms and some of your necks. I get to watch them heal. And knowing that when I tell you, hey, go look in the mirror, it's because I've spotted something that's changed on you physically. And it's time for you to start seeing that too. So go into rooms that are completely bankrupt of love and you be the one to bring it. You be the one to open your love wallet and turn everybody on to that good shit. And then I am for everything I got, for everything I lost, for everything I stole, everything I pawned, and everything I never, ever have to deal with again. I will be grateful when I walk into a room and I have the opportunity to engage in conversation with another living creature, whether they're covered in fur, feathers, or leaves. I will be kind. And when I walk into that room, it smells like Pete's feet. I will be loved where there is none. Who's happy they're clean today? Who's going to make it five more minutes? Who's going to be successful right now? How about now? How about now? Three successes, guys. We just did it. We just did it. Who's going to remember to leave a legacy behind today? Who's going to remember to celebrate their successes today? Woo! What are we doing here? Oh, we can do better now. What are we doing here? This one's for the detox rooms. Y'all ready? What are we doing in here today? I'm Troy. I'm an addict. Thanks for letting me share. All right. I saved you enough time for one cigarette. Light fast. <laughs> you got a... Terrence, do you have a, a breakout? I did not, I did not get one.
Good. Awesome. That actually makes me feel a lot better. or hands in 29. It's the around the go down down the steps from yep, yep, down the steps. Okay. And you're you got staff lounge, right? Yes. Yep, that's you.
Quad downs downstairs. What's that? I got you. Thanks, man. What's that? So you're taking you're going to thirty. Are they're leaving now? Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Who's your counselor? Go with Aaron. Oh, no, he's going. You don't have one. You're going to step down, down steps. You know where it is? Yeah, I know where it is. Here's your counsel. Your counsel says So you guys are going to third. Yeah, both of you go to third. Because Terrence has a detox now. You're not in detox, right? Yep. <laughs> 